Hello and welcome to Cooking Your Way Through Life. Today's episode is Cooking Your Way Through Social Media. And today's recipe is a Surf and Turf Grilled Cheese Sandwich. Cooking Your Way Through Life is a podcast combining knowledge of the kitchen and applying it to real-life situations. This podcast is all about understanding techniques to make things you already know even better. Topics from traveling on a budget, setting and achieving short and long-term goals, and of course, cooking. On today's episode, I'm going to go over social media, the do's and don'ts that I feel, some of my past experiences, some of the ways I feel like you should really be using your social media to have fun, to just enjoy the positivity things, and also some of the negatives. I'm also going to teach you one of my favorite recipes to make the most amazing grilled cheese sandwich. So sit back, get ready, and enjoy season two. Please welcome Chef Hollywood. Hey guys, and welcome back to another episode of Kicking Right Through Life with me, Chef Hollywood. And this is the first and premiere show of season two. Um, I'm very hyped right now, as you can tell in my voice. And I'm just excited, man, because I started this podcast because I kind of just want to do something outside of my comfort zone. And I never imagined anyone would listen to it. <laughs> and here we are with season two. And I'm only back because I got so many messages on Instagram and TikTok and Facebook of positivity and just like you you know you guys pretty much like solidify the fact that this is something that should be out there so i want to keep going and of course i have lots more to say because i really never shut up but (laughs) since i have lots more to say and i want to go over different topics this season this is the one and only episode of the season where it's just me now This was fitting because this episode goes over social media. So I'm going to go into some things about my personal social media, what I do, um, how I feel about it, how it connects to my business, how I feel like it connects to society right now, especially going through a pandemic and staying in touch with people. And then I also just wanted to go over one of my favorite things, which is a grilled cheese sandwich. People ask me all the time, like, you cook this and you do this. Like, what do you eat at home? I eat a lot of sandwiches, you know? That just happens. But I really love different sandwiches. And we're going to do a really, um, I would say, I wouldn't say bougie, but I would say like a, a really elegant style grilled cheese sandwich today. So without further ado, let's jump into season two. All right. So today, as I mentioned earlier, we're going to do a grilled cheese sandwich. And I actually got inspired to keep creating all these crazy grilled cheese sandwiches with my TikTok. And I just one day just put one on there. But every single time I travel around, I always look for different grilled cheese sandwiches. And one place at that was really good was up in Alaska where they had this crab grilled cheese sandwich and it's like alaskan king crab pulled and then folded into this grilled cheese and texas toast and the cheese is melted and it's just so delicious um very expensive but so delicious and then i went on a little mini vacation getaway with my brother and we had went to this place that had a lobster grilled cheese like maybe last year like last summer um you know, when the pandemic was kind of like hitting hard and we were safely away um, just at a beach at a COVID place and everything and COVID free, sorry, <laughs> place and everything. And I was like, man, I really just love grilled cheese sandwiches. So 
I decided today I'm going to combine some of my favorite things and we're going to make grilled cheese. So we're going to make a surf and turf grilled cheese. Okay, so first things we need, the bread. So I'm thinking some Texas toast because I want enough bread to really cover this and make sure that we have a really nice grilled cheese here. Second thing we need, the proteins or whatever else we put inside. So surf and turf, we're using lobster tail and we're using steak. Also, bring this all together, we're using bacon. And it is a grilled cheese, so we're using, let's go with three types of cheese today. So I'm thinking some smoked Gouda, some sharp cheddar, and maybe something to mellow these out. So a little provolone that melts really nicely. On top of that, I want some other ingredients in here, kind of like, you know, just like some some melded ingredients. So let's go with some caramelized onions. Let's go with a little tomato and let's go with a little arugula. And I think that about rounds it out. We'll think about a sauce to add to this in a little while. But before we get into that, <laughs> let's go ahead and jump into today's topic. So today's topic is cooking way through social media. And I just want to start off by saying that social media is a part of our lives now. I just realized that social media turned 22 this year, I believe was the the number that they put out there. And I am 32. So since I was 10 years old, that means that social media has been active. So there are whole generations of people that will grow up and never know what life was without social media. I feel like I benefited from growing up without it earlier just because of the fact that I understand that it is not end-all be-all because I existed before it happened. Whereas I kind of feel like, you know, kids that grow up now won't know a difference and they won't know the day before social media because I don't think we're going to go backwards and not have it in the future. Now, I know it gets a bad reputation, but I actually treat social media the same way I treat credit cards. I grew up thinking that credit cards were bad because that's what I was told, you know, and my I feel like especially in the black and brown communities or communities that were that are displaced with not enough information and we don't know exactly what to do with things. You know, it's just like the fear of it. And you just say, no, Credit cards are evil versus understanding how a credit card works. And, you know, like a credit card should not be a lifeline or a second paycheck in your pocket. It should be an actual lifeline. So if something goes wrong or, you know, a protection just in case you, you know, have an accident in your car or so on and so forth, which I learned later on in life when I got my finance degree, you know, but I treat social media the same way. It's not the end all be all. It's not the devil. It's just it is what it is. And it it is whatever you put into it, basically, in my opinion. Now, I say this because I currently have Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter and Snapchat. Now, out of all of those, I am probably on Instagram and TikTok the most. I am probably on Twitter the least and Snapchat and Facebook just kind of fall in there in the middle. And I really always hate when people say like, I just can't get away from this or it's just so toxic or any single time that I feel like I am wasting too much time on social media, I simply turned off. Now, I totally understand this is not an easy thing because we kind of want attention a lot of times, you know, Um, 
not going to lie. Like, I mean, there's been studies that likes on your pictures and comments and stuff give you these bursts of like um, rushes in your brain that make you feel good and and dopamines. And, you know, like and you feel good when you see this, like somebody with a blue check, like is someone who is more important than people who don't have a blue check. Like we have all these things. But in reality, and one of the things, and I talk about this so much because I used to shy away from talking about cruise ships, but it's part of my life and I talk about it more now. But cruise ships really showed me that social media is just that. It's a construct or it's a part of my life, but it's not all of my life. Because guess what, guys? Some people don't even have social media. Some people don't have internet to be on social media all the time. Some people don't have all of the social media networks and they live every day and they thrive. The thing about cruise ships is that we don't have internet all the time because we're in the middle of the sea. But the best thing about it is that I built some of the best friendships and relationships in my life because we talk in person. We actually get to know each other. We're not distracted. When I'm talking to you, you're not on your phone checking 10 other things. When I'm actually asking you a question, you're actually answering my question with an answer. Like it's it's just so in your face. And don't get it twisted. I'm not one of those people that just feel like, Let's just stop being on social media and let's just all go back to calling each other on house phones. But what I'm saying is there should be a balance. And I think that's something that we forget. One problem that I had in the past year is that with the pandemic, most of my business went virtual. So if you follow me on social media, (laughs) speaking of social media, if you follow me on social media, you probably know exactly what I'm talking about. I went to doing virtual cooking classes with Chef Lean, who is one of my really great friends. And shout out to... Chef Lean and Chris, congratulations on the baby on the way. And me and her got together to do Chef Lean's virtual kitchen, which she was already doing. And I jumped on because I was like, this is a great opportunity. It's something I can add to my repertoire. I actually love teaching. And we're in a pandemic. I don't want to go to people's homes that much. So perfect. So I started doing that. Then I started doing more TikToks to promote my podcast. That was an initial thought, but then that ended up turning into, I really like TikTok. Let me just keep doing videos. And that was more TikTok videos, more for, you know, growing a brand, building a business. Then I started doing other things on social media. I started selling my own spice blends. I use social media to advertise. I use um, my social media to sell that. Basically, I got to the point where I was using social media for 90% business and 10% pleasure, and I hated it. I didn't even get on my Instagram. I wouldn't scroll through Facebook because the only time I was on there was to promote something or make a post about something, and it was mostly business, and it made me hate it, and it was the worst time to hate social media because it was also the first time where I needed to use it to stay in touch with the people I love because We also were in a pandemic and I couldn't reach them, you know, like physically and go to their homes a lot. So I just realized that my balance was out of whack. And it's not the exact same as a lot of people's balance, but balance of being out of whack is being out of whack, you know. On the opposite side of that, some people never use social media for business and they choose to wake up and go and spread love or hate out there in the world, which will also consume you. If you spend more than 30 minutes on someone's post, on someone's page, and someone's area on social media who you do not like, you are honestly not wasting your time, but giving your time away to a cause that you don't really align with, which makes no sense to me. 
And I just feel like it's one of those things where I have days where I want an extra hour or two in a day just to finish the things I want to do. And I try to fill my day with positivity. I try to fill my day with people I love, with things that I align with. I can't imagine being tired after working a full day and trying to get things done and looking back and thinking I spent 30 minutes to two hours trolling on someone's page who I quote unquote don't like, telling them all the things I don't like about them. And that is something that I cannot wrap my mind around. I just can't do it. I don't know. I just I don't know how that works. And I am a little bit um, uneducated on how <laughs> to do that. And I think when it comes to that, it's more about making sure that you are balanced with your real life versus your social media life. Meaning that who you are in real life may not be who you appear to be on social media. And if it isn't, I'm not here to tell you to to you know like stop fronting or stop the facade because I know it's harder than people give you know people say it is but what I am here to tell you is that maybe spend a little bit less time on your social media persona and a little bit more time on you and you might enjoy real life you know because the thing is is that something that we learned over the past year guys is that not only is social media fickle and can be taken away from us tomorrow Real life is fickle and can be taken away from us tomorrow. Lots of people lost their lives and lost loved ones with due to COVID over the past year. And I think if it taught us anything is that life is very, very precious. You don't want to spend it pretending to be someone else behind a computer screen. I promise. Like, I, I cannot tell you what's going to happen after this life. I cannot tell you to believe in anything other than what you believe in. But I can tell you, I just wholeheartedly feel that on your deathbed, you don't want that to be something you're thinking back on. That you spent countless hours pretending to be someone for people who don't know you versus not being who you are for people who do know you and probably love and care for you very much. So, yeah. Woo. (laughs) So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Didn't mean to bring it down there, guys, but we're going to bring it back up with some food here. And it's not a bad thing. I just I just wanted to, you know, touch on that because I get I see the messages you guys send me and I I always feel like everybody is growing and everybody is changing. And I I myself, I've talked on this podcast. If you listen, you, you already know, like I go to therapy. I try to better myself. I'm not better than anybody else. But if I can help someone in any way or share my story that might help you. That's what I try to do. And, you know, so if that, if you know someone that's doing that or you're doing that, you know, it's just one of those things where just think about it, you know, try it out. Try to change your pattern next week and see if your life changes. You know, that's all I'm saying. So for this food today, though, which will change your life, I'm just telling you, I'm just, I'm, I'm just saying, um, we have all the ingredients I talked about earlier. But we did, I did mention that we're going to do a sauce for this. I'm thinking something a little, a little tangy, maybe a little, um, I don't know, like, like I'm thinking horseradish something because the steak and I like a little horseradish with steak every now and then. So let's do a horseradish jalapeno aioli. I like the way that sounds. I'm thinking I like the way that looks. And I think I like the way it tastes in my head. So let's do that. So 
before we even make that though, let's go ahead and start getting some things ready. So the thing here is that we do want to make sure that we break down our lobster. So I'm buying lobster tail here. Just want to crack the top of the lobster tail open with a chef knife or some kitchen shears. You want to check and make sure that there's nothing in there, you know, no excrements or anything else. Slide your fingers underneath the lobster tail meat and then scoop it out and pull it out of the top of the tail. Now, with this, we have one or two choices here, guys. I want to deep fry this lobster. So do we deep fry the whole lobster tail? Do we deep fry lobster pieces? You can do pieces, but in this case, I actually want to cut my lobster tail down the middle, flatten it out, and then I want to basically buttermilk batter and fry my lobster tail so that it just goes right on top of my steak. So I think this will give me the best thing. It's kind of like a chicken filet versus some chicken pieces on a, on a sandwich, if that makes sense. So we're going to do that. While we're doing that, we need to get our steak ready. So I want to pat my steak dry. And we're doing this because we want to take all the moisture off of your steak before we sear it. So moisture on your item when you're searing gives you the appearance of nothing because it's going to steam and not sear. And taking moisture off will give you the appearance of caramelization and a nice crust because it will sear in your pan. We're going to pan sear this. So before we get into the pan, we want to get it very hot. I'm using vegetable oil for my pan here. And for the seasoning, I'm going to use some of my seasoning that you can buy on my website at chcallnearcreations.com. I'm using a little backyard rub down here. Also, side note, for the lobster, we're using a little bit of the catch of the day, which is my seafood seasoning. So we're going to use both of my seasonings on both of these items. For the steak, we're just going to use this backyard rub down on the both sides here. And we just want to make sure that we do not rub it in, but we want to sprinkle it and then pat it in. For the lobster, we're going to put some of that catch of the day into the buttermilk. We're going to put some of that catch of the day into my flour mixture, which will be flour and cornstarch because I want it to be a little crispy. So one in one batter here. And we're going to use a little bit of hot sauce in that buttermilk batter. So... All these things going in, I want to fry up my lobster tail. I want to sear off my steak. And then we're going to get to the next steps. So before we get to the next steps of this sandwich, back to social media. Another thing I want to touch on with social media, which I get a lot of times, is that stop comparing yourself to other people online. I know it's easy and it's easier said than done, honestly. Um, but. I am an actual chef. I went to culinary school. I've worked countless jobs and put in blood, sweat, and tears. And if tomorrow I never made another cooking video on TikTok, posted another picture on Instagram or Facebook, my career as of now is being a personal chef. I have an LLC. I cook every day for actual clients. I make money and a living off of being a personal chef. What social media does is tell other people that I'm a personal chef. So if I never tell them again, I still will be a personal chef. I think a lot of times, and I've been, I've, I've actually done this myself, so I know that this happens to some people, not saying it happens to everybody. We compare our journey to other people's so closely that we get discouraged. And then what social media does sometimes is just like, it shows you what their journey is, like up close and personal. And it's just like, 
look, look what they're doing. You should be doing that too, or you're not doing that, so you're not at the right spot. And this happens a lot, I know, with with different um, avenues of what people do. So like if you're a makeup artist, but you know that you're great, you have clients, like I say, you're paying your bills with your makeup artistry, and you are an actual legitimate makeup artist, but you don't have 15,000 followers, or you don't have all these things, so you feel less than. Don't feel less than. The thing is, is that there are lots of people out there who want to do what you're doing. There are lots of people out there that are still inspired by what you're doing. There are lots of people out there who don't have the courage to do what you're doing. You're not only doing your job that you do every day, you're also like sharing part of your life with strangers, which takes courage. And I think a lot of times we don't really accept that because we don't have enough followers or we don't have a blue check mark or we don't have enough likes on something and so on and so forth. There are plenty of people on TikTok that don't know how to cook. There are plenty of people on TikTok who are not actual chefs. They have thousands of followers. They actually have like loads of followers more than I do. It never stops me from making my videos I put on TikTok, honestly, because like I said earlier, I got to the point because I was a little discouraged, like, man, I've I done all this stuff, like, and people are not following me. And, I, you know, like, you, you do feel some kind of way, but then I'm just like, no, because it does not equate to it. Like, I could pretend and make all these random videos to try to get these followers to follow me that, like, are not following the real me, but I'd rather have... 4,000 people that enjoy what I do that is just something I actually do, then 100,000 people enjoy something that I don't enjoy doing, meaning that I'm now performing for you. I consider it the court gesture met method, where it's like you're legitimately the court gesture or the clown performing in the middle of the stage because now you have a bigger audience, but you're not doing exactly what you want. And like I said, it's not everybody. So there are some people who are legitimately just doing what they want to do anyway, and people float to them. Hopefully, that happens to you. You know, hopefully you put out what you love, and then the people that love you or support you or like what you're doing will gravitate towards you. But in the end of the day, you rather have that than to have people gravitate towards you for something that you don't like doing, per se. You know, like if you, you take your shirt off every now and then, you get a couple more followers, but you don't really feel comfortable taking your shirt off. You don't really want to have to take your shirt off every single time to get those same people to come back and give you a like. You know what I mean? So that's the thing. It's like if you enjoy taking your shirt off anyway, by all means, take your shirt off. (laughs) But if you don't enjoy it, just don't do something that you're not comfortable with online at any time. Because that's the first step, too, of giving up your ability to say no, giving up your consent, and just like basically turning Turning your social media presence into something that you can't control. Yeah, I think that's something that if we're going to go so far with social media in our lives, you know, we do have to start adding this into the curriculum, in my opinion. You know, we need to teach kids about controlling your social media. You put out what you want to put out. It's not fake of you to put out videos only on Sunday about your Sunday runs and nothing else. No one is obligated to see anything in your life. If you want to put out portions and pieces of your life, that is your right. 
And I think a lot of times now some people feel pressure or bullied into opening up more on social media because that's what people do. No, that's what people choose to do. And if you don't choose to do that, then you don't choose to do that. Perfect example of this is OnlyFans. OnlyFans has been around for a long time. I have friends that used to be doing cooking videos on OnlyFans or music on OnlyFans. And then last year, it kind of blew up because people started using it for more sexual content. You can start an OnlyFans tomorrow where you read nursery rhymes <laughs> and you just charge people to hear you read a nursery rhyme. The great thing about OnlyFans is you can basically do anything you want on there. Now, if you're doing OnlyFans where you're giving sexually explicit material or whatever, there's also your right, but you also don't want to get wrapped up in something where you're doing something you don't want to do for other people and then you're kind of pigeon-held into it. So just understand it's your choice to do these things. It's your choice to share what you want to share and you control the narrative. That is the great thing about social media is that you control the narrative. You make your screen names up. You open up these social media accounts. You control what you put out there and never forget that or feel pressured by other people to put out something you don't want to put out. Perfect example of this for me is that I used to be so embarrassed for people to hear me um, rap because I've always written poetry and I've always written songs, but like, I can count on my hand the amount of people that have ever heard those songs. And I had a conversation with one of my really good friends, TJ, who you will hear on this season. You heard him last season coming up. And I don't know, like I just got to a point one day I was just like, yeah, I, I don't care. You know, I don't care anymore. Like it's just like it was just a free moment. But I also was not obligated to put it out there. And when I uploaded that TikTok, it was for me. You know, I also have the ability to take it down. Now, here's one thing I do want to touch on, especially for my younger listeners. Now, I have the ability to take that TikTok down. What I cannot control is if anybody has screenshot that TikTok, if anybody has screen recorded that TikTok, sent it to their grandmother, so on and so forth. So there is a level of understanding that the internet is kind of forever. And I think that's why I push and I want classes for the younger generation to understand that because it's something that we weren't taught growing up. Like I say, like I grew up and I didn't have social media at first, but I always date myself. I had a Black Planet page and a MySpace page very young. I don't even think my parents knew I had those things. And at the time, you know, if I would have been guided by people that didn't have my best interests at heart, I would have put things on those pages that I never should have put on there. You know what I mean? And not thinking about like predators on the internet or people getting your address or, you know, things like that, or just, uh, I never thought about the consequences. And I think we need to teach people and especially the younger generation, the consequences so that it is your choice to put whatever you want out there. But, and I know I sound super old saying this because it's one of those things that like older people told me, but at 15, you might really want to post a picture of you in your underwear. And this is for the guys. I'm not even talking to the girls, but like for the guys, like you you might really want to post a picture of you in your underwear at 15 on your social media platform. At 32, like when you're getting ready to get married or have a kid or even just go for a job interview you really, really excited for and that comes back around or that's been out there, 
you're not thinking about that at 15 and 16 and so on and so forth, or even like 21. I'm not saying live your life afraid of the future, but sometimes if you're hesitating on doing something, that hesitation might just be a voice in the back of your head, just like pulling you to make a better choice or pulling you to say, maybe this isn't right or not right now. So there's that. Take it how you will. (laughs) And I also say take it how you will, because I know there are people that do not learn unless they do. And there are people that use other people's mistakes to learn. I'm one of those people. I don't need to fall down a flight of stairs to know that it hurts. I'm totally fine with you falling in front of me, going to the hospital and getting three casts and me saying, nope. But I understand that there are people that need to also fall down those flight of stairs to get hurt, to then also be like, damn, that hurt. So if that's you, then I'm just telling you my opinion or my stories and I hope it resonates with you. And if not, then, you know, go fall down that flight of stairs. And I really do hope you don't get hurt. (laughs) All right. So back to our food, though, for a second, since we um, I don't want to go off too long without getting this food ready. Let's go ahead and we have our steak seared off now. Also, took a little time for your steak to rest. So to get the best steak, you want to sear it, get it to the temperature you want internally, and then let it rest for at least five to 10 minutes. This goes for if you're grilling your steak, if you're um, broiling your steak, or if you're smoking your steak, pan searing how we do. You do want it to rest because basically, if you think about it, and I, I got taught this working for America Sets Kitchen. And it's I, I love this analogy is that when you're cooking something like steak, you're pretty much forcing all of these molecules inside of the steak to hit each other. And then they're causing juices, natural juices to be released and move around. Now, there's nowhere for them to go. So they're inside of the steak that already is kind of like full. And when it cooks, it gets warmer and it's moving around. And then if you cut right into it, they're just going to flow right out. So meaning that when you cut into that steak and it kind of just like all the juices go everywhere, we don't want that to happen. If you let it rest, it reabsorbs back into the steak. And then you have a juicy steak with amazing flavor and it never dries out. So that's a little like reason why we are making sure that we rest the steak. Also, little side note, whatever temperature you stop cooking your steak at, your temperature might rise up to at least five degrees while it's resting. So you take it off the heat and it doesn't cool down automatically. Remember, guys, so that heat that you just took it off of is still on that piece of meat and it's going to continue cooking for at least five degrees. So I always just imagine if I took it off at 120, it's going to go up to probably 125. So take it off five degrees before the degree that you want and that'll give you the best steak you ever had. All right, so the steak is resting. Our lobster tail has been fried. We need to get ready to go into the pan. So we want to make sure that we have everything ready to go before we get our pan together for this. So I mentioned the bacon. For this case, let's go ahead and cook the bacon in the oven on a sheet tray. This will give us really crispy bacon. We won't have to worry about it not being crispy, some pieces being chewy, so on and so forth. And then while the bacon's cooking in the oven, let's go ahead and get our sauce together. So aioli is basically mayonnaise and garlic, guys. So 
Don't overthink it. We have mayo. We have garlic. We put some horseradish in here that we mentioned earlier. I'm I'm chopping up some fresh jalapenos. Also, I'm going to add some lime juice and cilantro because that works really well with jalapenos. It'll give us a little bit more depth with that horseradish. And then also what I want to add in is a little bit of seasoning. So I want to put some, instead of just salt and pepper though, going to use that all day, everyday spice. That's three spices, spice blends I'm using from my own personal spice blend here, people. And don't worry because you don't have to buy all three individually. I sell a four pack because I have a fourth spice, which is my your jerk. We're not going to use it today, but I promise you won't regret it. So using three of these spice blends on this one sandwich, I'm telling you, it's going to be amazing. So I'm using some of that all day, every day in here. We blend this up and this will give us our aioli that we're going to use. Now, for our bread, I want to put aioli on both pieces of bread. I want to put a piece of sharp cheddar on one side, a piece of that smoked gouda on one side. I want to slice the steak, and I'm going to add a steak right on one side. So let's just add it on the sharp cheddar side. I'm going to slice my tomato. I'm going to put some arugula on top of that. So steak, tomato, arugula. Our caramelized onions that we talked about, we can caramelize those off and we're going to build those on the other side. So on the other side of this, let's go ahead and put our lobster tail. Then let's put the caramelized onions on top of that, bacon on top of that. And then the reason why I'm separating these is because we have cheese on the outside of the bread. I said we're using three pieces of cheese here. We're going to put the provolone in the middle. So on top of the caramelized onions, we put a provolone. Let's go ahead and pop one side onto the other side. Now we have three slices of cheese on here all together. And before we go into the pan, we're going to get the pan pretty warm. And for the outside of this, I can contribute this little trick to my friend Benjamin. Shout out to Ben and Kenzie. They're getting married later on this year. Amazing couple. And I'm going to put some mayonnaise on the outside of my bread. I know if you've never done this, you're probably a little skeptical, just like I was. But everything that's in mayo is essentially the things will give you the best caramelization. So scientifically, I should have never questioned this. And then taste-wise, it's actually really delicious. So putting a little mayonnaise on the outside of the bread, we're going to use this for our fat to caramelize. And before we go into the pan, let's jump right back into this topic because I want to touch on one more subject here. And that is social media can be your friend. Now, I've kind of gone over all the pitfalls of social media, in my opinion, and some of the things I've experienced and some of the things that um, can be very detrimental to people in social media. Uh, Also, cyberbullying. I do want to just touch on that for a second. People who don't believe cyberbullying is real. You've never been cyberbullied. If you think about back in, because you're probably old, so I'm gonna take, I'm gonna say it in your terms. If you think about back in school when you got bullied, because I know a lot of people don't understand that you don't need to pass on your trauma, but just because you got bullied five years out of your life and you're okay, but you're not really okay because you don't talk to nobody about it and you just have like anger management issues, but just because that happened to you. You shouldn't really wish that it happened to your kids or your grandkids or your nephews or nieces or people. So in terms of you getting bullied at school and going home to your nice, comfy home, imagine getting bullied at school and then having a cell phone 
or something like a laptop, iPad, and also getting bullied on there. So you're not comfortable at school. You're not comfortable at home. And it continues to happen. And not only does your bully know how to get to you, they know how to get to like everybody around you. So it's just one of those things where don't judge, you know, the fact that cyberbullying isn't worse than regular bullying. Just take people's word for it that it still is a thing. And if you don't know about it, there's plenty of documentaries. There's plenty of material to read. There's too much information out there for you not to be aware of it. So I just want to say that because I have a little sister and she was cyberbullied for a minute and I had to make sure that she was okay. And I understood it because I read up on the material and I went through it because I never, I luckily never got bullied in school. And so it was a new, it was a whole new thing for me because that wasn't something I experienced. But even though I didn't experience it, that doesn't mean that I couldn't like help her. So it's one of those things where if you don't know something, we do live in an age where the information is there for you to learn. So, you know, use Al Gore's good internet, as my friends over at Sugar Baker Radio always say. And shout out to Sugar Baker Radio. We got Shonda D and Ayla coming up on an amazing episode this season, which is um very, very deep. And I enjoyed our conversation very much. But after that, let's talk about some of the good things that comes from social media, guys. One of the best things that I love about social media is staying in touch with people. So I have friends all over the world. I've been very blessed um, to travel the world. I've been to over 55 countries now um, working on cruise ships and also working internationally has given me the ability to connect and have real connections and friendships with people all over. Of course, I don't have enough money to fly out to these places, even when the world is open, guys, like not even just like right now. I can't just fly here and there like every other month to see these people. Social media gives me the ability to keep in touch and make sure that I have these connections going over time. I love that aspect of social media. I don't think we talk about that enough. You know, like social media gives me the ability to do something amazing in Alaska when I'm on a ship and then my grandmother seeing what I'm doing and then we have a conversation about that like in the moment. And it's one of those things where sometimes we get so caught up in posting that we do lose sight of what's going on right now. But sometimes it's amazing to post things because there's people that love and care about you that are not with you that can experience what you're experiencing in the moment, which is amazing when you really think about it, you know? Because we used to have to send postcards or call and tell grandma about it and then like wait till you get pictures and then like go through it again. But to talk to like your loved ones about it in the moment is amazing. The other thing that social media is amazing at is that it took away a lot of the tools that normal people never had access to. So I touched on earlier, if you don't have, I don't have 50,000 followers, I don't have blue checks, so am I important? Yes. First of all, yes, you're important. Like, you're more than enough. You're important. You're an individual. So that's not even a question. But the biggest thing here is that you used to, back in the day, back when I was younger in the early 90s, if you wanted to start a business and advertise anything, you had to pay a lot of money for a commercial. Nowadays, nobody really watches commercials, guys. I mean... Yeah, it just doesn't happen. We have more social media activity and streaming services than people that have regular cable and that watch commercials. So what that does for you is that if you start a hair care line or if you start a limo um, rental service tomorrow, 
you can pay for social media ads and they will go to the people who follow you and support you and random people out there anyway. And you have the same ability as a huge company had back in the day. It really evened the playing field for that. And that's the great thing about it. It also gives you the the ability to kind of just like start your own business to be more of an entrepreneur now. And I feel like anytime before, because you have all the tools there, learning how to use them is a secondary step. But so many tools, guys, like me doing this podcast, for instance, I have the tools to do a podcast. I had the tools to do a YouTube channel. I have the, I have the tools to write a cookbook. Like these things were not available to me as a kid. And when you think about it, like social media has made it so that the everyday average person can build an empire if they work hard and if you have the right people around you that help you and support you to build it. Whereas maybe 20 years ago, every other person had the ability to kind of try to build an empire if you had a lot of capital for advertisement a lot of money to go into a brick and mortar um location a lot like it, all these other things like you can do a virtual a virtual um business now and all of your stuff is on social media and then you just ship from your home like that wasn't possible years ago so there are so many great things with social media where it comes to friends and family businesses and just overall just like exploring places you know what I mean like you can follow only inspirational quotes and travel blogs on Instagram wake up every day and the only thing you see on your timeline are amazing pictures of all these places that you never knew existed without going to Google images and seeing like stock photos and then inspirational quotes that tell you all these great things about you and the universe. And you can choose to do that and live an amazing life every day and just use Instagram for that. The choice is yours. Now, that's the thing. You have to take the choice. You have to choose what is right for you. So no one can force you, no one can make you, but I just wanted to kind of just touch base on social media a little bit today because I do, I think it gets a bad rep, but I think it's because sometimes we have to step back and realize that we built this. It didn't build, it did not build us. We built social media. And also the other thing I want to leave about is social media is also giving us the opportunity to hold people accountable. So And I say accountability over and over again because there are too many people being attacked. There are too many instances where black people, black and brown people, women, women of color especially, are being mistreated, killed. And basically all these things that are not new, but they're not going away now. And I say they're not going away because it's harder to erase the history or it's harder to erase what's happening when you don't control the media. And now we control the media as the people. That can also be good and bad. And this is not an episode for that. But what I will say is that the good thing about it is that we are holding people accountable and we're keeping the pressure and we have to keep our pressure on things for people for things we have to keep our pressure on people for things to change and i think social media helps us with that too because it gives us the ability to keep that conversation going 
we as people have to remember to not keep want to move on to the next thing, hold people accountable and keep that momentum going until that justice is served for each individual. But social media gives us the ability to at least try to do that, which in the past, we only got to see what the media put out whenever they wanted to put it out. So that's also a thing where it helps with social injustice, people. And whether you want to act on social injustice or not, or injustice in general, or, you know, you you may not care that your neighbor is getting shot. But the great thing is that other people out there who have a conscience, who want to see what's right being done, they care. And now they have the ability to do something about it if they see fit to it. Because it's being put out there. It's not just being picked and choose by a news outlet because the story looks cute or the story's cool, so I can run this tonight. And I think that's a huge thing that is amazing. So we are going to get right back into this sandwich. We're gonna finish this up, guys. So I have my mayonnaise on both sides. I have my pan. I'm also using a non-stick skillet right now. So it's gonna help me from not burning this sandwich. And I just wanna cook it until my bread is golden brown. So I want a really nice caramelization and golden brown. Now, since I put that cheese in the middle as well, I'm gonna do a chick, a, I'm going to do a trick here, which some might say is cheating. I say it's making sure your sandwich is delicious. And I'm gonna go ahead and turn my oven to 375 because after I sear both sides of this sandwich, I'm gonna pop it in the oven for about seven to 10 minutes so that I ensure that all my cheese is melted. So let's go ahead and sear this off. Nice golden brown. Pop it on a sheet tray and pop it into the oven. You want to make sure this gets really, really. Um, want to make sure this stays really crispy. So on that sheet tray, I'm also using a cooling rack so that my sandwich is going to sit above the sheet tray. So that heat is going to go all around at 360. It's not going to make my sandwich soggy or soft on the bottom. I still want to keep that crispiness, people. So once this comes out. I just want to cut this because, I mean, come on, like all sandwiches taste better cut and all sandwiches taste better cut diagonally. If you feel like they don't, let me know. Just at me. I just, I just want to have a conversation. I'm not going to attack you. I'm not judging. I just want to know why you feel like that. But if you don't and you know, if you know, you know, if you cut your sandwich diagonally, that thing is amazing. So, you know, also. With our aioli, always keep some extra because that's our dipping sauce if you want it. And that way you have an option there to have a little dipping sauce with your with your sandwich. And boom, there you have it. Our grilled cheese surf and turf meal here. And it is amazing. It's a party in your mouth. It has everything you need. And I'm pretty sure once you taste this one, a regular grilled cheese just won't do. <laughs> So once again, thank you and welcome back to Cooking Way Through Life. I hope that you enjoyed today's episode. I really hope that you enjoy the episodes that are coming up. I have a lot of special co-hosts coming up this season. Um, some of my best friends, some of my favorite people are on this season. And I also just have a lot of interesting conversations coming. So get ready. And if you are not familiar and you just now join me for the first time, Welcome. I have a whole season one you can catch up on. And every week you can hear new episodes for season two. So thank you guys once again. Remember to follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Snapchat, 
Twitter, Facebook, and everything else because as we talked about today, social media is cool, you know? And I like connecting with you guys. So positivity and have a great rest of your day and peace out. Thank you for listening to Cooking Your Way Through Life with Chef Hollywood.